0: Good morning, everyone. Let's see, <laughs> we have, must have the cream of the crop here today or something. No, it's been a, it's been a difficult couple of weeks, and uh, even uh, recently, we've seen a lot of uh, our friends and families uh, succumb to the, the virus. And so, it's just one of those wait and see t- times for our church in many ways. And uh, so, we are uh, uh, an online and an in person church. And it's just been that way for a while, and it will continue to be that way. So in the next week, as we have prayer and fasting, we're planning to do the same thing, just continue on. What we're doing here uh, today is to have a continued sense of worship uh, before God online, on Zoom, and in person. And uh, that's the plan for now. We're going to continue to wear masks. We're going to continue to be spaced apart. We're going to continue to sit in our seats. So we're, we're going to be having prayer worship for the next six nights. And we're going to continue uh, to finish that on next Sunday night with a a different kind of a worship experience with the music and the sharing and coming before the Lord, just celebrating his goodness to us. I expect that this week is going to be a tremendous week for certain people, those that want to take the prayer and fasting seriously, that will use this time to come before the Lord to seek him with all of their heart. And he promises to be found by you. So all around the world, around the globe, the very first week of the year, many, many churches will take that time to do prayer and fasting. We've been pushing it back and back and back because of all the different things going on in our community, but it's, it's time to go ahead and move forward with this. They want to realize that anything that good comes coming to them comes because God has had, had his hand in it. Many churches don't want to start the year without being on their knees. In fact, there's a lot of traditions in churches that New Year's Eve, they want to get a start at it, and they'll have a watch night service on their knees as the clock goes from 1159 to 01, and uh, they want to bring in the new year on their knees in prayer before the Lord. So we're joining with many, many other churches around the world that God has called for His purposes, and we're going to be spending that time in prayer and fasting Churches realize that as the body of Christ, they need to understand what the head of the church wants for them to do. It's not just uh, the meeting of the elders, or the staff to come together and say, hey, what do you think we should do? I don't know. What do you think we should do? It's more of God. What do you think we should do? This is your church. You're the head. We are your servants. We are your body. Lead us. And so that's why we cry out to him in this time of focused prayer. We understand that hearing from God is essential in this time. These are uncertain times. These are uncertain days. In fact, as we go through this week, there may be a call from the elders and the staff to say, you know what, we're just feeling we maybe just need to go online altogether. Maybe, we just, maybe it's just not safe. I don't know. What we're going to do is continue to just do and be faithful and to trust that God will lead us. But the call could change just like any time, a Tuesday debriefing from our government. Everything could change. And then we pivot our favorite word, we pivot to something else, but God is, God is faithful and we will be too. So if there's one thing that I've learned these many years as a Christian, that there's no shortcuts to knowing God. You can't read a Coles Notes book on how to get to God. There's, it's, it's like with, with children, love is spelt T-I-M-E. They know you love them when you spend time with them. And no different with God, that if you want to know God, you have to spend time with him, not just uh, as you're riding in your car on the way to work, you play the scriptures. That's, that's one way to get the Bible into your head, but that's not focused, uninterrupted time with God. What we're looking for is uninterrupted, private, focused time this week with you and God seeking him with all of your heart, soul, and strength and mind. So, Whether it's a prayer time or your Bible study and reflection or worship or doing acts of service, you can spend time, focus time, listening and talking with God uh, this week. I'm going to urge every person to take at least one hour a day, if at all possible, with God. Just make it happen. Something else has to go. No more evening news, uh, no more um, aerobics maybe this week. Whatever it takes, you have to let something go in order to add this to your life I will guarantee that it will be worth it for you. So do you remember this uh, show? Oh, some of you remember the show called The Newlywed Game. I mean, that's old. It's probably black and white. But uh, what they did is they brought newlywed couples, and they would ask them individual questions about their spouses, and then they would come back to see who got the most answers right. Well, we've done variations of that in churches over the years, and we usually have a variety of newlyweds and middleweds and oldyweds. weds. to come together. You know who gets the most answers right? It's the ones that have been married the longest. They know their spouse. The same thing with God. You see, the longer you spend time with him, the more, you'll become to, you, more you come to know him. And, and we find that true in the scriptures in the book of Exodus where there was no people of God. There was a tribe of people. Um, Abraham had a son named Isaac who had a son named Jacob. He had a bunch of boys and they all had families. It was, they were a tribe, but they hadn't really come to know God himself. They didn't know how to talk with him or how to depend on him or what his nature was, his character was. And so through the book of Exodus, God begins to open the door to another part of who he is. Exodus chapter 3, we learn that his name is Yahweh. I am. He's a covenant God. Exodus 15, we hear that his Jehovah Rophi, the God who heals because they needed healing. Exodus 17, Jehovah Nisi was God as our banner. He defends them in battle. He protects them as his people. Chapter 18, Jehovah Shammah, the God who was there. In Leviticus 20, Jehovah Makedesh, the God who sanctifies. In Judges, we just keep going through the Old Testament. Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. He begins to show more and more and more and more of himself until you get a bigger picture. We are the beneficiaries of thousands of years of God revealing himself to his people. We get to read the scriptures and we get it all in one book. They were experiencing it day by day by day. And this is what happens in our prayer life with God. When we spend time with him, he begins to open the doors to more of what he wants to be in your life. How he can address your situations. how he can help your kids who are stressed, how he can give you that job that you've been always seeking. The more you spend time, the more he progressively reveals who he is and who he can be to you in your life. Have you read Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers? Uh, it talks about if you want to become an expert, then you need to spend about 10,000 hours at being good at something. Chess, the computer programming, basketball, photo shopping, whatever it is, you spend that amount of time, you will become excellent at these kinds of pursuits. Well, do you want to supercharge your prayer life? You know, if you spend 10,000 hours with God, I tell you, you're going to get to know a lot of God. If you do one hour a day, that's about uh, 27 years. Will make ten thousand hours. How many of you have faithfully spent at least a half an hour with God as much as possible throughout your lifetime? Morning devotions. I see those hands. There's several hands that are going up. You know, trying your best to spend a half an hour. If you spend only half an hour of God, then that takes 54 years of your life. <laughs> and you know, and people have done that, right? They sp- they have spent ten thousand hours with God, and I can tell you. They're much deeper and much more knowledgeable about who God is than many who don't spend much time at all. So what I'm asking our church to do this coming week is to take deliberate, focused, and unhindered time with God, asking for his guidance and direction for yourself and on behalf of the church. So I was preparing Romans chapter 2, and it's a a hard-hitting chapter, and the more I got into it, I thought, you know, it's more important to teach really about prayer and fasting today so we know what we're getting into and what I'm looking for as a church. Next week, we'll get into hypocrisy. This week, we'll do prayer and fasting in the book of Romans. So fasting, what's fasting? Uh, and that's a good question because it's a lot of different things to a lot of different people. It's not what Life Lab requires you to do before you get your blood work. <laughs> you know, don't eat that food or drink for 24 hours, 12 hours, or whatever it is. That's, that is a form of fasting, but that, we're talking about spiritual fasting where, where we... How many of you were Catholic, Catholic background? Do you have Lent? Do you have to give up fish or, or sorry, meat on Fridays or give up certain things throughout the Lenten period? And it was a reflection of Christ suffered. Christ gave up a lot for us. The least we can do is to give up something for him. And that's what the, the purpose is, to focus, you know, every time we don't have something, we miss it, but we look at the reason behind it. But the problem is, some of the fasting of just giving something up, like chocolate or TV or not yelling at your spouse, um, these kinds of things, they're they're more of an inconvenience to us. And and oftentimes, we give up the things that a lot of people in the world don't have in the first place. They can't afford chocolate. (laughs) They can't afford a television to watch. And so we're just really being inconvenienced when we give things up and uh, becoming like everyone else around the world that doesn't have these kinds of things. Fasting is meant to replace something that uh, we normally would do, like cooking a meal or eating spending an hour at the the lunch table or dinner table, and saying, you know, instead of doing that, I'm just going to go to my prayer closet, and I'm going to seek God. I'm not going to eat today. I don't need that meal. In fact, our bodies are, are quite, I have to be careful when I say that because I'm pointing at myself, uh, obviously, we, we are, we're fairly pampered. You know, a lot of people don't have choices as to what they're going to eat. in the, they have, do you, the question is not, what would you like to eat tonight? The question is, do we have any food in the house? They have one meal a day. We get our three meals a day. And to give up one or two of those, really, it doesn't harm anyone. So uh, just to say, fasting is not for everybody. If you're pregnant or if you're a child or if you're on medication or if there's a a medical reason, don't don't fast because fasting is just a way to make your prayer life even more deeper and richer. But it doesn't mean you have to pray, you can't pray without fasting. So the Greek word for fasting just means to afflict the soul or self as if you're practicing some self-denial or self-discipline. If you are uh, an elite athlete, there are certain things you're not going to put in your body already. You're not going to be doing caffeine. You're not going to be doing alcohol. You're not going to be doing lots of sugars, that kind of stuff. You you have to train and discipline yourself to to be the best you can be. And so in times of fasting, uh, we force our spoiled bodies to submit to a higher priority. And we clear our mind and our desire for food changes into a desire for God then God is better able to speak to us in our unclouded and undistracted, single-purposed hearts. So over and over in the Scriptures, God says, I will be found by you if you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord. So lots of people, um, they will take uh, the fasting time to just focus on God. And it, it works. <laughs> uh, the book of Acts talks about, in chapter 13 and 14, that the whole church fasted before they made some very significant decisions. So if, if, if something comes up to us as a church, then we may say, hey, church, this, you know on Tuesday we're all going to fast, and we're all going to pray, so that we can get the, the mind of God to, to get this decision right. The Gospels record that Jesus fasted and prayed for 40 days before he started his ministry. Forty days, we're saying seven days of partial fast. So in the booklet, uh, "Can you hold that up? Really high, Kim?" I dropped it out of my, my book. So this explains more in, in detail how to fast, what a fast is all about, different kinds of fasts, so don't worry. Uh, it's, all, it's all doable. But there's also a daily devotional in each one in, in, in these books that I'd like you to go through, answer the questions, and then use those questions to de- determine what God is trying to say to you and what He's trying to say to our church. So Christ's disciples fasted and prayed after his resurrection from the dead and his ascension to heaven. So let's just say that the point of prayer and fasting is not food at all. Food is is kind of irrelevant to this. The point of prayer and fasting is seeking God, finding him, having a more intimate and deep personal relationship with him. Fasting is going to take your prayer life to a whole new level. It's a way to demonstrate that there are certain things more important to us than just giving in to our our physical craving. That sometimes nothing is more important than seeking God and finding Him for your life. I can tell you, if if one of my kids got super sick, I don't really look at what I'm going to have for lunch or how I'm going to cook for supper. I'm going to be on my knees until I hear a word from God that He's going to be okay. There are some things so important that nothing else matters but finding God So let's look at a passage, Matthew chapter 6, and when Jesus is teaching about fasting and praying, just read through this a little bit as uh, instructive for us. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, Jesus says, And whenever you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to stand in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they will be seen by people. I tell you a certainty, they have their full reward. In other words, when you're trying to get the attention of people, God's not (laughs) interested you got the attention of everyone, but you're not going to get the attention of God. He's saying, pray for God, not for show. So when we come to pray, we're not interested in the fancy prayers. We're interested in finding God. And then he says in verse 6, "But whenever you pray, again, go into your room, close a door, pray to your father who is hidden, and your father who sees from the hidden place will reward you. When you are praying, don't say meaningless things like the Gentiles do because they think they will be heard by being so wordy. Don't be like them because your father knows what you need even before you ask him. And in Matthew 6, 16, he says, and when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites. (laughs) Same thing. They put on sad faces. They disfigure the faces so that they can appear to men to fast. I tell you that they have their reward. Again, they put Ashes on their head, they wear sackcloths. they look like they're miserable. Yes, I'm seeking God. Well, good for you. And God's saying, don't do it for show. Do it sincerely, authentically, authentically to find God himself. And then verse 17, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face so that you do not appear to men to fast, but to your Father in secret, and your Father who sees in secret shall reward you openly. So please do shower before you come here. Um, <laughs> You know, don't come here stinky, thinking, well, I'm fasting. I can't, you know, I have to sacrifice. I can't take showers. I can't. No, yeah, you can. <laughs> Dress up, take a shower, brush your teeth, you know, and, and, and let's come here because it's not for show. It's for God. We want to find our Father in heaven and his will for our life. So in this passage, first, Jesus assumes that his, father, his followers are going to be seeking him in prayer. Prayer is just a normal part of the Christian life. That's why we hold this this week of prayer. It's what we do as Christians. We pray. We we come before God as a family. We seek Him as a normal part of our Christian activity. This is a prayer service. It should be uh, as as natural as anything else we do. Prayer is uh, the foundation for the Christian life. If you take prayer away, you're just religious. It's just religion, there's no relationship. Prayer is the relationship component of Christianity, that we can get to know God himself. Secondly, Jesus assumes that his followers are also going to be spiritual fasting. It was a part of a normal, usual part of life. Uh, some people had a regular day every week that they would fast. I know a lot of people that say, Wednesday is fasting. Uh, no particular reason other than they can spend more focused time with God every week. Uh, At the beginning of Christ's ministry, he went into the wilderness, 40 days where he ate nothing, and he was tempted by the devil. Remember what he said to the devil when Satan was trying to help make him break the fast before it was over? Here, make some bread. You're obviously hungry, and you're supposed to be the son of God. Make the stones turn into bread. And what did Jesus do? He says, no, you're trying to tempt me to, to take a shortcut. I want to go the full, full length. I, I, I can't live on bread alone. I need to live in Matthew 4, 4 on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He's saying there's something more than, spiritual, than physical food here. There's a spiritual food that you don't understand, and that's what sustains me. It's a spiritual food that I eat from my father. Also in John 4, when he was talking at the woman at the well, the disciples were urging him to get something to eat. Rabbi, they said... Get something to eat. And he said, I have food to eat that you don't even know anything about. The disciples began to say to one another, hey, has anyone brought him some, fu- some food that we don't know about? And Jesus says in verse 34, John 4, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me in completing his work. Spiritual food is what we're seeking this week, not the physical food. So a third, fasting is not to appear more spiritual than other people. We don't announce that we're fasting to the world because it makes us look more holy or more special or more dedicated. We just do it to seek God, to cry out to him. Fourth, uh, fasting is not to get God's attention because of our sacrifice. We're not trying to wake God up from his slumber by our fasting. Fasting, when you seek God with all your heart and soul and mind, when you come to pray for him, when you search for him with an intensified focus of your mind and heart and soul, he will be found by you. But the point is not to get God's attention. The point is to get our attention, (laughs) that we give him our focused attention so now he can actually speak to us unhindered and without anything else that's blocking the communication channels. Fasting isn't something that impresses God. It prepares our heart to hear from him. And fifth, Jesus promised that God will reward the faithful. It says your Father in heaven will reward you for searching and seeking for him. In Jeremiah chapter 29, it's very similar. He says, when you call out to me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And lastly, we should anticipate a spiritual breakthrough this week. There may be things that you are just stuck on in your life, in your spiritual life. There's something you can't get over. There's there's things in your life that are, are holding you back, maybe that... I'll just say Gentison J- Franklin wrote a book on fasting, and he said that fasting opens the door to a deeper, more intimate, more powerful relationship for God with God. So in your time of focused attention on God, He has the, the, the ability to speak to you in ways that He has never done before. That job change you're looking for, it could come through this week. That relationship that is broken can be restored. The direction you're looking for can be revealed to you. The problem you're facing will be resolved. The struggle you face day in and day out will be overcome with victory. Maybe you've never really taken focused, uninterrupted time with God before. Maybe this is a new thing for you. It will take you to a new level in your spiritual walk with Him. Maybe you've never taken prayer seriously or truly sought your Heavenly Father before. Maybe you just going kind to of coast through life and everything's cool and, and it's okay. I don't really need to cry out to God. The thing is we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's coming our way next week. I, I, I was really um, I was moved when I was down in the, in the coast of Louisiana, Mississippi, some years ago, and I saw the devastation of uh, Hurricane Katrina. Uh, cement pad after cement pad all along the coastline used to have a house on them. And now they're just cement pads. Churches that were building new buildings, cement pads. They lost it all. And I've always wondered to myself, I wonder if God, if he had an unfocused, unhindered communication with those people, if they would have changed their plans, if they would have delayed building for another month after the hurricane had passed. If, they, if he had their attention, could he have warned them? And I think, yes, I think he could have. And I I want to be available to God. I want my mind to be open to his spirit. I want him to show me things that I need to know because he knows the future and I don't. How do I prepare? I want to be able to handle what's coming because I spent time with God. I'm prepared and I know what to say or how to act or what what to do. Sometimes God is silent but not because uh, he doesn't have anything to say. It's because we're not in the right place to hear. And that's what this week is going to be about putting us in the right place to hear. I want to see spiritual breakthroughs in people's lives. I want to see us turn time for food into time for spiritual food. Yes, you will experience some headaches if you do fasting. Personally, I'm planning to fast for three or four days, complete fast, and then maybe just miss lunches and breakfasts, and I'll have some miso soup or some chicken broth, that kind of stuff to kind of satisfy that craving. Um, But... And coffee, I think I'm going to have coffee, I'm not sure, probably, to get through the day. You'll fear hunger pains, just have some juice or some clear soup, take an aspirin, take care of your headache. Your body's going to cry out to be satisfied, to have its longing fulfilled, to be spoiled and pampered. The question is, who's in charge of you? Is it your body or is it your soul? Is it your stomach or your spirit? What's in charge of your life? Who, did, who, who says what you do and where you go and what you, when you eat? If you keep giving in all the time to what the body says, you're not giving in to what the Spirit says. So that's our challenge this week is to satisfy the longings of our spirit. A woman said uh, during this uh, a book I read on fasting, this woman said, if there's a piece of pie in my house, it calls out to me. It says to me, even in the middle of the night, come, eat me. And she says, I can't resist. I have to follow that longing in my life. Is pie evil? No. But why do we feel like we are depriving ourselves of something just because it's sitting there on the counter and we don't eat it? Why do we let our bodies control our thoughts and our wants and our desires? Can you truly say you love God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, if all it takes is a little piece of pie to cause you to cave in? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, this is the way I run. With a clear goal in mind, that is the way I fight. Not like someone shadow boxing. No, I keep on disciplining my body, making it serve me so that after I have preached to others, I myself not somehow be disqualified. Marilyn Hinkey wrote a book called The Power of Prayer and Fasting. It's a great book to read. And, and this is kind of what I'm, I'm going for for our church. She says, A man once said to me about fasting, It seems that when I fast, the world seems much more black and white, at least for a period of time. I see right and wrong much more clearly. I see good and bad, blessings and cursings, benefits and negative consequences. What is godly and what is ungodly? I am much more discerning about what lines up with God's commandments and what falls into the category of man's commands. And so Marilyn asked this fellow, I, What happened after you were finished your fasting? And he says, Well, There's a time after I end fasting that the whole world seems more vivid and more colorful than ever before. I can distinguish tastes again. The sky seems bluer than before. The air seems crisper in the mountains. All of my senses seem to be heightened towards what is God's creation, which is always good, and what is man's invention, which is often an element of evil to it. So the last thing about fasting what I say in this time of prayer is it can certainly bring Revival. Do you need revival in your life? Are you kind of stagnating where you are in your spirit and you need to have a fresh word from God? You need to have a new excitement in your soul to say, God is alive and he's well and he's working all around me. Then it's time to, to wake up, to stop from the slumber, to step up, to get involved in what God is doing all around you. For prayer and fasting, there's a good chance that you'll be revived in your own spirit, that you'll come away from this with a new passion and a new energy A new desire to seek God, to hear from God. And once you get a taste of God speaking to you regularly, you just don't want to stop. You want more and more. So as you pray, begin with confession. Clean the house out like we read. Let God have his way to sweep things clean in your life so he can put his spirit back inside of you in a meaningful way. So every evening we come, I have a different topic we'll be looking at for prayer. I'll have a short time of teaching on a different component of prayer and then we're going to pray. Uh, we're going to direct the prayer time. We're going to have uh, individual prayer. Uh, maybe we'll do small group prayer. We'll just have to see. So, Monday, praying with purpose, not just randomly. Tuesday, what hinders our prayers or prevents God's response. Wednesdays, intercessory prayer, prevailing prayer, contending prayer. Thursday is praying scripture. Friday is spiritual warfare. Saturday is recognizing God's voice when he answers prayer. And Sunday will be the celebration of what God has done in our presence and among us to celebrate his goodness and his direction and to, to put it all together to say, God, <laughs> we're listening. When you speak, we will act. Help us to obey what it is you have for us to do as a church. So would you bow with me for uh, a word of prayer? Father, this may be the most important week in the life of our church, where we individually and corporately seek you, seek your will, to seek your truth for us, to have you reveal things, Father, that we are not seeing, so that we can move forward in our role in your kingdom. May this church be blessed because it is seeking you. May we see revival. May we see breakthroughs. May we see answered prayer, Father, that people have been longing for for years. Guide us, Father, as we seek you, that we will find you, and we would obey you, and we would see the the results, the blessings that follow from that. Thank you for this day, for your people, and I pray blessings on them at home and here in this church. Guide us, Father, I pray in Christ's name, amen.